You're listening to Swipe East, Swipe West, where we dive into the dating differences from coast to coast. I'm your host, Ashley Davis. Hello, and welcome back to Swipe East, Swipe West, the dating and culture podcast focusing on differences from coast to coast. I'm your host, Ashley, and you can find us on Instagram at Swipe East, Swipe West, and you can follow me on TikTok at Ashley Angora. That's Ashley, A-N-N-G-O-R-A. Welcome back, everyone. I am so sorry in the delay in posting this episode. I am a little bit behind. Sometimes life gets crazy. As all of you that follow me know, I still work my corporate nine to five. I have this podcast and I've also been learning how to DJ and have been booking gigs. So uh, probably bit off a little bit more than I can chew, but that is a character flaw that I am working on. Um, I'm going to be getting back on track with episodes in the following week. So thank you for bearing with me here. But with that, I do have some life updates. Part of why I'm probably also behind is because I've actually been trying to date. I think previously when I've been doing these, I've like not really been dating. Um, However, the dating has been going very well. Um, So I think the last time we left off, I had gone on a couple dates um, that actually had gone well. Um, I had a couple guys bail, which is what I'm actually normally used to. And I've had some more of that happening as of late. So the latest update that I have for you is I was talking to a guy. I also stupidly went back on the apps. I don't know why I do this to myself because I always get annoyed with them as you guys probably know if you've been following along the podcast over the seasons. I'm like a chronic download deleter. I don't know why. I just need to like delete it forever. My friends get mad at me because I like delete and download every other day. Um, But I was talking to a guy. I was pretty excited about him. We made plans and he is not from the States. um, So he was like living in a camper. I don't really care about that kind of stuff. Again, if you've been following along, you know that like money and all that stuff are not like things that I really care about. They're not like the top of my list in my dating criteria. So I tried to make it as easy as possible for this guy. I was like, I can come to you. Like, you know, I was like trying to plan Like I planned most of the date, but I understood that he wasn't from here, so it was fine. We made plans. We picked a night. Work's been crazy, so I worked late to make sure I could leave on time so that I could meet this guy. And um, he ended up saying like he had no issue coming to me, like whatever. We picked like, you know, the time and everything. He confirmed the morning of and then an hour before we were supposed to meet, like I was literally five minutes from hopping in the shower to get ready. He like sends me a novel (laughs) about why he had to bail. And he was like, I just can't drive that far and like all this stuff, even though, again, I offered to come to him. I had already been working late to meet up with this guy. And then it just like ended up in all this back and forth. Because I just like, I'm, I'm going to call people out now. I'm too old for this crap. Like, yeah, and he had confirmed earlier that day. So long story short, he like asked to do like a weekend. My weekends are booked until like mid-March. So I just am not going to see this guy. That's that. <laughs> There's another guy that I've been talking to that I met in the wild like months ago, like three months ago. And we've been trying to meet up since, but it was just one of those things where like, 
I'm not free. He wasn't free. I'm out of town. He has stuff going on. And in this situation, I've been kind of the asshole, like not on purpose, just because I feel like a lot of guys in LA are really last minute. Like even when I've been on the apps or meeting people, like they will always text me to do something like that night, the next day. And I've, like I was saying before, I just have a lot going on. So I need like two days in advance, like three days notice to hang out with someone unless I happen to free up like that night. And when I do happen to free up, I normally prioritize my friends, not like some random person I don't know. So I just feel like it's always hard to schedule dates because again, like nine times out of 10, these LA guys want to do things like super last minute. So a lot of times like I schedule my whole week based around the work that I have to do either with my corporate job or with these side projects that I'm working on. So things just like end up not working out or by the time like I'll try to schedule something in advance. Like a lot of these guys are like not good texters, so I won't hear from them. I'll start planning my own thing. And then by the time I hear back from them, I've been like lazy or scheduled my day and then it just things don't work out and I end up sending like my own paragraph about why I can't hang out with them and it comes off like an excuse. I don't mean it to be. It's just I have a lot going on. So anyways, that was also very excusey of me what I just said. So this guy and I still have not hung out. I don't even know if we are because it's like I feel like that's what L.A. dating is. It's either your schedules don't align or like there's something. But I feel like the universe is telling me like not to date because just nothing seems to be working out. And the guys that I am picking and meeting up with, like we're just not aligning. So I feel like they're it's telling me to just focus on work. All these like TikTok astrology people keep telling me that, too. So I'm just seeing what's what's going on. Um, but I'm actually recording this the night before I'm leaving to go back to Philly for work. Um, I went to San Clemente this weekend. This this time of year, I always get super depressed. I was talking to some people about it. I feel like it's because I don't know, like someone was saying it's because it's like that weird lull period in between the holidays and like the summer. I don't normally take vacations in the winter. I also don't go home for the holidays. So I get maybe it's because you get kind of antsy. So I went to San Clemente just to like clear my head. I was super hungover. So that was probably a bad idea, but I think it was helpful and probably going out of town, even if it is for work for a couple of days will be good. And then I literally get back play a DJ set and go to a music festival. So I feel like the craziness of my travel schedule is already beginning. But that was a lot, probably because I also haven't talked to you guys in a few weeks. But I've rambled on for seven minutes now, so time to get into this week's episode. I'm really excited. This week, we we're talking about San Francisco. I've been wanting to do an episode on this city for a long time. San Francisco has never really been my favorite city. I think it's a cool spot. Um, I've been there quite a few times, sometimes um, for work travel, sometimes for personal. I went there my first time when I was younger with my dad on a business trip. Um, so I've been a lot of times in many different stages of my life, multiple different reasons. And I'll talk about my feelings about it and why um, in this episode, hoping to plan a trip this spring and kind of get uh, maybe a new perspective on it since it, apparently things have changed since COVID, which we'll talk a bit about as well. Um, but I'm also excited this 
episode because this week I have a man and a woman on. Um, my friend Maddie, who I actually met through some mutual friends um, a couple years back now. And then her friend uh, Jack that she also knows in San Francisco. They are not dating, just to clarify. They are just friends. Um, but I, it was really interesting to get two different perspectives from two different genders um, on this episode. Maddie works in tech, so she is a woman in tech, whereas I think a lot of the stereotype or things you hear about are men in tech. So it's interesting to get her perspective. And Jack actually does not work in tech. He is tech adjacent. So it's kind of a bit of a role reversal from what you typically think about San Francisco. But I'll let the rest unfold through the conversation. Um, you might hear me give Jack a little bit of a hard time. Sorry, Jack, if you are listening to this, um, just because I think he's actually a nice guy. And I think he gives a lot of perspective on of things that a lot of women talk about with why guys, you know, might wait a few dates to give an opinion or break things off with someone or maybe not or why they approach things. Um, in a certain way. And the reason I poked at him a bit is because I think there's a lot of information that goes around, especially on like TikTok and things like that about men specifically and why they might do certain things with women or wait a few dates um, before having that type of conversation. I think he sheds some good light on that that people might not be thinking about. So with that, let's dive into the episode this week. I am so excited to have my two guests this week, Jack and Maddie, um, especially because I have never had a man and a woman both on the show at the same time. So I am super stoked to hear about both their perspectives on San Francisco. So Maddie, I want to start with you just because I've known you the longest. So ten tenure here. What are your thoughts on San Francisco? I know you're not from the city. So like what brought you there? Give us the lay of the land from your perspective. Yeah, so I moved to San Francisco, let's see, almost five years ago. I uh, moved primarily for work. I am a tech bra. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I would say dating for me has been interesting in San Francisco. It's been like kind of in spurts where I feel like I've dated people for like a couple months at a time. Nothing serious, nothing long term. And that's just, it's interesting in contrast because I moved from the Midwest, which I feel like basically if you go on three dates with someone, all of a sudden you're like married to them. Um, it's just like very, very different. But yeah, I would say, I mean, obviously like from a demographic standpoint, so it's interesting to date in as a woman because there are just more men, at least that's, that's touted. I don't know if that's actually what comes out in the numbers, but yeah, it's definitely been an interesting ride, specifically being a woman in tech as well. All right. And Jack, what do you think of the city? I think you're from the Midwest as well. Yeah. I guess Maddie, I didn't realize we moved here around the same time. So, uh, you know, Maddie and I know each other really well um, and run in the same social circle. But I moved here five years ago as well from Minnesota. And I've been... Go Gophers. No, we're, we're on Wisconsin. <laughs> we're, we're Badgers, baby. <laughs> but yeah, just a little college rivalry there. But I've been... I guess uh, similar to you, Maddie, too. I haven't had anything super serious during that time. It's been a mix of like looking intently and then casually dating. Um, but overall, it's been pretty consistent and just like being on the apps and putting myself out there and trying to trying to meet new people. 
I agree with Maddie that the t it tends to be like we tend to emphasize the the tech bros and just how men tend to outnumber women. But I would say maybe I'm an outlier here, but I've found it to be a really fantastic city to date in. I know it's like kind of a popular thing, like oh, every city that you live in tends to suck for X Y Z reasons. But there's such a variety of people from all backgrounds and just honestly an abundance of like incredibly smart, interesting and attractive women here. Um, and I think it's a really great city to date in as a guy. And honestly, like if you're just a normal dude, I think that gets you really, really far. Um, I said, yeah, Maddie's shaking her head a little bit. Like it just gets you so much further. Like if you're able to hold a conversation, if you ask people questions, um, so that's kind of my long answer of kind of the lay of the land and what I've experienced here. And uh, I don't have any maybe of the same same flags or, or triggers that someone who's like try, like dating tech bros might have. You just described doing the bare minimum, Jack. So, <laughs> like holding a conversation, <laughs> asking questions. So I'm, I'm glad you know that. Like, that's great. <laughs> the, the bar is low for men here. Yeah, I, I just I inch over it. Um, so it, no, it's 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 ridiculous from based on what I've heard from Maddie and uh, other friends in, in the city of just I don't want to kind of bash the the legion of of tech bros and just the overall male population here, but just based on what I've heard, it tends to be um, what is that uh, odds are good, but the goods are odd type thing <laughs> i was trying not to say that i had that in my head the whole in time intro. <laughs> so i want to dive deeper into kind of what you both said um so i obviously yes there's definitely a lot of tech i know maddie you work in tech jack you're um not exactly in tech specifically but tell me a little bit more like about the city itself like what is the city like i know jack you're saying there's a bunch of different types of people even like outside of tech so like how do you feel the city is overall even like outside of dating like what's it like going out like meeting people like how how has your experience been there i mean you've both been there a while so you must like it enough that you're still there so the other interesting thing just in living here for five years is a lot of that was not a lot of it i guess not the majority but covid in san francisco i think was different yes. from a lot of cities and the reason i mentioned that is going out here up until maybe the beginning of this year was just like not it never came back like now it's back but it like it took two almost two full years to kind of come back to where it was pre-covid and so i didn't start going out again until like february of 2022 because i don't know it was just a matter of time before like stuff would get like shut down again and you just didn't know when that was going to happen i also think like i was also like very afraid of covid for a long time was one of the last people to kind of like get covid so i think it just hit differently here i also think there's this reputation that san francisco is like a very uh like early night city like you go out and then you like go to bed early so you can get up in the morning like go hiking or go mountain biking whatever you do I think that was true pre-COVID. I will say my experience more recently has been just like going out a lot later, <laughs> as you both kind of know. 
so that's been like one interesting just change i will say um is like it's actually a pretty good nighttime city and there's like a pretty good i don't know underground or like after party scene if you're a part of that which i guess i more recently have been i would say because of the tech scene people are not like don't really like maybe mingle as much again that's kind of changed in the neighborhood by neighborhood i think there's some differences too i think if you go out in neighborhoods where there's like high concentration of tech people or like i don't know just like maybe like sleepier like there's just a lot of variation by neighborhood like some of them are my prior neighborhood was very like almost like family centric um so there weren't a lot of bars it was like more you'd go to dinner and maybe you do drinks after but there wasn't like people stay out until you know bar close the neighborhood that i'm in now is like a very young person neighborhood i also think there's an interesting mix of like tech non-tech so people tend to go out and go like a little bit crazy or like socialize more at the bar it's not like everyone keeps themselves it's like people do mingle a bit more um whereas before in my in my previous neighborhood i don't happen as much i was never a huge fan of san francisco because of the nightlife scene this was also pre-covid like i as like Maddie knows, like Jack, I know we're just meeting. Like, I like to go out late and stay up late. And I remember I was celebrating my friend's engagement and we got to the bar at like 11. And within the hour, it was like last call. And we found one bar open past like 12 30 and they were only serving shots. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> like, what is this place? So um, that's interesting that it varies by neighborhood and how the tech scene um, can affect that, though, and that it's changed even since COVID. Jack, what's your experience? I, I would agree um, that definitely it's not uh, a city for night owls for the most part. I, like, that's not me. So, you know, maybe there are like Maddie was saying, the underground scene that I, I myself, I'm just one, I'm not as interested in that. Um, no judgment there. It's just not uh, like my, my 2 a.m., 3 a.m. days, probably a little bit behind me. Um, but I would agree that it's not a late going out city. I'm probably more pissed about the fact that there's like no food open past midnight other than I mean, the, the beloved hot dog stands that post up outside of some late night bars. But outside of that, it's like it's really slim pickings unless you want to spend $30 on DoorDash for some shitty pizza or something. So that's probably a bigger bone to pick for me than the lack of like 4 a.m. bars. But I, and then I think like along those lines, too, it's not really a dress up type city as if you're going out to a L.A., New York or even Chicago club, it's definitely more like you'll go to a, a neighborhood and maybe bar hop at two or three places um, and probably call it a night after that or maybe mix and mingle across different neighborhoods or whatnot. But it's definitely, it's more of a casual vibe than something where you're like trying to address the nines and, and maybe see a, a celebrity out or something. Uh, that's, definitely what I've uh, experienced more often than not. I mean, dressing to the nines is like a Patagonia jacket and hiking boots, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. And maybe you would, you know, you'd, you'd get your um, AirPods in and you'd have your Allbirds on and 
that, that's a machine washable so i get it yeah. yeah yeah you need the branding though i guess that's really what stands out right oh yeah what company <laughs> do you work for so you got to have you know whether you're at a hot new startup or a big tech company you gotta let people know that you make money do people care about that like do, is that like a turn on or a turn off or both <laughs> depending on the person the way that i approach it is i appreciate stable employment so that's always a that's always a win um but it very much comes down to how the person carries themselves like are they it can go a different a couple of different ways from there is it like are they very conceited and thinking like oh i work for twitter well not anymore but you know like the way maybe the brand used to be um or like a salesforce or google or whatever and you carry yourself in a way that you think you're better than people because you work for that company um that's a real turnoff another turnoff would be is if you think that um you know outside of if you're actually saving lives or changing the world like if you think this is the most important cutting edge thing that everyone needs to know about and you make that kind of your identity that's a turnoff like maybe a, maybe for maddie running into guys who like talk about bitcoin and all that shit that would be <laughs> like a nightmare to be on the inverse side of that for someone who just the only way they see themselves is through the lens of their job. So those two aspects are turnoffs to me. Um, but again, I think like if it's a signal that, you know, maybe they're, they're smart, responsible, and they pay their bills. And I think in that sense, yeah, it, uh, and they have a, a maybe a career trajectory and, um, especially now when you typically need two incomes to even, you know, sniff at affording like a two bedroom in the city that, um, that that's appealing for sure. So it kind of cuts both ways. It just kind of depends on how a person carries themselves. And this is men and women that both like, cause I, I feel like in my head, I always imagine like, like a, a man that would do that, but it's women also that are like doing this. I've run into it a few times. I wouldn't say it's as prevalent. I mean, I, I don't, I can't speak for the other side, but just based on instinct and a little bit of what I've heard, I would say that it definitely tends to be less of a thing um, where women wouldn't necessarily be like, oh, I work at Apple on a first date or something. Let me tell you about this code that I just wrote where I feel like Maddie <laughs> might be like, you know, you. As a guy, you might be more um, predisposed to wanting to impress someone through status or money or job, whatever, like on a first date. I feel like I've heard that a lot more than me personally experiencing that on the other side. Yeah, I think there's some like coming from my side, there's a couple of things. So like. Sometimes I think I've used that like almost status as a benchmark for intelligence and jackie i just think like in general this is like very much a blanket statement but in general i think the women in this city are much more impressive than the men just in like how capable they are like how they've achieved things in their life like women in tech are obviously like at a disadvantage just being women and so generally they're just like at least in my experience 
the women I've met have been like much more impressive. And so I feel like I've almost fallen back on using that like status, like the company they work for, the role that they're in as a maybe a way to measure if they'll be able to like match my achievement or like what I'm capable of, which is like kind of crazy to actually like verbalize, but it has been this like pattern. It's certainly not a good strategy <laughs> I've learned, but it is one that I've kind of like fallen back on. So for example, like I, there was one guy that I dated for like five months and I kind of like knew that it wasn't going to be a long-term thing. Cause I just didn't think we were intellectually a match. And I think one of the things early on when we started dating was like, he wasn't in like the technical space. Like he worked at a tech company, but he wasn't on the technical side. And I kind of like ignored that, but maybe, I don't know, maybe I should use that as a disqualifier. Cause I just don't think we were intellectually a match. It's one, you know, small sample size, but um, I do think that like sometimes those things are helpful in just teasing out that like, I don't know, capability or like what, if people are, you know, equally ambitious, equally is like intellectually driven, but it does play into this like narrative that your then career defines you, which I also don't necessarily subscribe to. So it's a catch 22. Do you ever feel like you've dated men and they've almost felt like em emasculated because you have like by your potentially your status in your job? A hundred percent. So I actually have a rule. I, I work in product management and I don't date other product managers. I think it's like a super high ego role to begin with. And so I've been on dates with other PMs where I've actually like gotten into arguments about like business model or other things where it's just, it just, it doesn't work. Like they clearly are like threatened by what I have to say. And then it just like escalates and doesn't work. Maddie, I wanted to jog your memory about, I remember you telling me a story about there was a date where this guy like was telling you you were wrong with your business model or whatever. And I yeah. just, I couldn't believe I, the audacity. If I was on a date to, to do something like that, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like this isn't a business meeting where you're like with an adversary or like uh, someone that you're trying to like win an argument with. It's what are you, what are you trying to do here? Um, that just kind of blew my mind. That was, I think, my first date ever oh, in no. San Francisco. And I like met, <laughs> I met this guy in a dating app. Um, we went for drinks and like, it was fine. I wasn't like super infatuated by him right off the bat. But yeah, he was another product manager. And we got into this like argument over business model, which is again, this is like, you talk about the like, I don't know, assumptions around San Francisco. This I feel like just plays into what people think happens here. People always talk about work. Um, but yeah, it was just like kind of crazy escalation where he was like trying to disprove my company's business model. And then like, I don't know, we just went back and forth like sparring. Oh, no. The worst part of that date too is it turns out he lived a block away from me. And so at the end of the date, <laughs> at the end of the date, we were like, uh, I'd figured out that we lived super close and, uh, he was like, do you want to share an Uber back then? I was like, well, oh, that's awkward. I, guess. Like, I don't want to, this, 
So yeah, it was fun, but it was pretty crazy. Um, and, and like, I don't think that I've had other dates that were that crazy since then. Cause I don't date PMs anymore. So I can't imagine that on like a first date, like someone trying to tell you how to do your job. Yeah, it was bizarre. And like, I mean, it, Hey, it went both ways. Cause I, I too, I think I'm good at my job. I would say there's like some ego wrapped up around it. There has to be right to be, I think in product management, cause you end up making a lot of decisions. Um, and so it's not like it was one-sided, right? It was like, he was trying to disprove the business model. I was like coming back with, you know, <laughs> defending the business model or whatever, just bad all around. Not what you want on a first date so, for sure. That's a very San Francisco tech <laughs> date. My God. <laughs> So do you try to date people like out of your in like industries? Like, I guess like Jack, do you like, do you avoid tech? Do you date tech? Maddie, are you trying to get away from tech completely? Like what's the vibe? <laughs> I think I will say that there's a trend. I think that I've had more success with men that are outside of tech. So I don't know. Like maybe I should be dating outside of tech more, but also it's like yeah. kind of the majority. For me, uh, I work in PR communications. So, I mean, I, yeah, and we work with, we support tech companies, um, but only through the lens of communications and PR. And those are the people like on the other side that I work with. And I mean, when I look at, you know, apps or meet someone out. That's not the first thing that I notice. Um, and maybe it, like, it'll come up like, Hey, what do you do? Um, during the date, but I don't think I would necessarily rule someone out one way or another. I'd say on the whole, from my experience, they've maybe been like me where they're, they're tech adjacent or, you know, maybe work for a tech company, but they work in a different capacity than like an engineer or a product manager or whatever it tends to be maybe comms or marketing or you know finance um and i think that tends to uh, yield a different personality for sure um than someone maybe who's in the in the thick of um in the, in the thick of the the tech itself and maddie that's not a subtweet <laughs> or anything like that just <laughs> I am offended. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I like. I've dated people in and out of tech, but it's not something that I've noted um, or I, where I've seen some type of overarching trend or cliche uh, to the point where you know, of course, as I already kind of belabored the point about the the men here in tech. There's, I haven't seen any sort of equivalent on. Uh, the other side. Yeah, I was gonna say it's interesting how I feel like as we get older and we start to figure out like what we do and don't like in dating, like in many capacities. Like I've even started to notice like different, and this isn't everyone. Obviously, there's exceptions to every rule, but like different personalities with different, even with different jobs. Like I tend to not really, and I don't do this on purpose either, but I just tend to not date guys in corporate jobs. I always tend to end up dating like musicians or artists or um <laughs> bartenders like i don't know i feel like it's just like different type of personality or like charisma with people that tend to have those jobs because you have to have that versus like someone in finance and also just the hours you work and everything and again like i don't think i would 
like disqualify someone because they did work in finance. It's just kind of like you kind of notice what you're drawn towards or not towards, even in a job um, as you get older, which is kind of weird to think about. We're like the opposite. I feel like I'm only drawn to men that are like either in tech or like some some type of engineer or like in finance. And there's no, I don't know if it's just like that, like is, I don't know, equates to like more ambition or something. And that's like kind of what I want in a partner or like to match my ambition. But yeah, anyway. At least Maddie and I know we'll never go for the same guy, apparently. I know we're we're perfect going out partners because we won't do that. I, know. I go for the the guy that will bring us to an after party. You go for the guy that looks like he's. Don't say it. <laughs> Never mind. What do they call it? Like a, a exposure therapy, where they like expose yourself to something opposite of what maybe I don't know if that's the exact definition, but just kind of get over your. I don't know if it's fear or whatever. I think it might be beer it's it's like it's kind of funny because when i lived in philly i like only dated guys in finance like again not on purpose it just always it just always they were always in finance i don't know why and then i moved to la and was like exposed to all these different types of people i like wasn't exposed to in philly so i don't know maybe the same thing happened to you maddie like you moved to sf and you're like tech and i was like wow this whole new world of people that fit more for my personality i don't know <laughs> I'm trying to think. So, like, I had a long-term boyfriend um, before moving to San Francisco, and he was also in tech. Oh, he was well, actually a product manager. Never mind. So, like, none of my theories, yeah, stick. I don't know. Maybe it is insanity. But, like, that one – so, Jack actually was the one who called me out on this particular, I don't know, situationship, which is, like, five-month-long thing where I knew very early it was not going to work out. And that guy was in tech, but he was in, like, marketing. And, yeah. Jack, I think your exact phrase is like, I think you're doing this more out of convenience. <laughs> and I was like, oh, cuts deep. But it was right. You were spot on. Uh, I, you know, a uh, blind squirrel finds a nut every, every now and then, as they say. A feral squirrel, maybe. Yeah. So I know like SF isn't the hugest nightlife city um, or it's becoming. I know you both kind of have different preferences on what you like to do with your time, it sounds like. So how are you meeting people either with friendships um, or to date? Like, are you meeting people out at bars when you go out? Are you meeting people through apps? Like, how are you like going on dates? Um, I am completely off the apps. I just... It's not working for me. And I have been for like most of this year. I just didn't, they weren't working out for me. I was like, why do you continue to do this? This is insanity. Um, and so, yeah, I'm not on the apps anymore. I do meet people out though. I haven't met, well, save one person. I haven't met anyone that I like continuously saw. Um, but I did meet, I was briefly in a relationship this spring with someone that I met out like organically. But I think it's different for Jack, right? Yeah, um, it definitely is. Where I wish I was better is, you know, when I mentioned exposure therapy, that's probably something that just came <laughs> to me from my own experience. Where like, hey, like maybe you should go up and approach people more often. Maybe you should try and strike up conversations more often. And um, you know, my preferred way was probably be through 
friends um that hasn't happened thus far so it's been mostly a mix of maybe 10 percent approaching someone and I, I i do i've wanted to get to get better at that um or just like strike up a conversation but the apps have been in my experience like really i don't really have any qualms with it i think there has been there or there have been certainly times where it feels like i get it where if i'm feeling like i might have too many people to respond to i only could imagine what women are feeling like probably 10x like oh i'm talking to a few different people well there's probably 30 guys messaging this girl at the same time so i get that like if you flip it the experience definitely differs um i've had really good luck i mean i think about the dozens of dates over the years of through the apps it's just i feel like i've had a good i wouldn't necessarily call it a system but just kind of like weeding people out based on a mix of prompts photos and the conversations that we have to like where the point when we actually meet up for a date that it goes really well and there's typically a second date and maybe there's not much more than that but i'm very rarely left walking away feeling like that was a waste of time or that oh this is a bad person um or just like a really terrible match um where again since i've been mostly single for the most part there obviously hasn't been something that's like stuck for a year or, or six months or more or whatever but i've typically enjoyed being on the apps and again like i said there's so many diverse interesting smart talented people here um where i feel like i've you know kind of been fortunate to kind of reap some of those benefits why do you think you're not clicking with them like you're you're weeding them out through whatever your criteria is. It's seemingly going well on the first date, so why aren't you getting to a third date? Well, there's been plenty of those too, I think. I mean, let's see. I mean, maybe it's almost like a story time moment where there's been a few of them. I mean, there's been plenty where they've, they've gone to four or five or six, and then at that point, you can kind of shit or get off the pot um, about like being exclusive or not, or, you know, you get to know them a little bit more like, oh, that was fun, but I don't necessarily, I think there gets to be a point where, say you make it past the second or third day, and that's happened several times since, uh, you know, in the, in the last year or so even, where it's been four or five, six, seven dates. But I think it just kind of reaches a certain point where, is it, again like yeah is it a matter of convenience and i'm like having fun with this person versus like okay at that seven eight date stage or again it's different for other people typically represents a time of maybe a longer term commitment and making yeah like making that commitment and i at that point after you've kind of had a little bit of foundation laid and you get to see people and different situations and scenarios and learn more about their background and preferences and whether you're compatible or not might have led to, you know, like, eh, you know, I've enjoyed this time together, but I don't necessarily see 
this going forward. Um, I would say like, okay, so an example would be um, someone who I don't typically go for maybe someone who maybe is a little bit more high maintenance. Um, I don't like to use that phrase because I think, you know, it kind of has a, it's a bad connotation, but I, I just. Give us examples, Jack. Yeah. So there's this <laughs> person that I had enjoyed spending time with and we'd like, we'd go on dates and we'd have fun and have a good chit chat and like flirt and uh, have good banter. And there like, there was attraction there. Um, but I think there were some signs for me where I'm like, okay, this is just a little over the top. So like um, there was this one girl who I saw five or six dates where, you know, she came over and it was like, it was a school night, you know, it was like a Tuesday night and it was late. And, you know, after we had hooked up and it was like, you know, 1130 midnight or something. And she's like, oh, I'm going to head home now. Like, do you want to come back with me? And I'm like, okay. And, and do what? And she's like, you need to help come take my dog out with me. Like it's, it's midnight on a, on a Tuesday. And like, do you really need me to come take your dog out with you right now? And I, I had to politely decline three <laughs> times that, um, actually it's kind of time for me to go to bed. Like, I don't see what the point of that is other than just to kind of for you to show, like to exert some sort of control or whatever over me um and she was just very displeased with that um and definitely brought it up another time about how the fact that like i wouldn't go home with her and like walk her dog and that to me was like kind of take some balls to to kind of impress that upon someone so early on of like and what expectations are it just didn't you ask specifically to you were like oh am i gonna stay at your house and she was like no that's right that's right so well maybe this was oh. like third or fourth date i did see this person six okay. days it's worth saying that yes i forgot about that part where i was supposed to go over there take the dog out and then uber home i was like so i'm spending like not only like this time to like take a dog out at midnight and also spend like forty dollars to Uber there and back for for what? Like I just didn't get the point okay. of that, um, especially so early on, and like that kind of was something that yeah, I'm I'm not necessarily gonna cut bait after that, but it's something that signals in my mind of like hmm, maybe you know this isn't something that I'm gonna continue pursuing it in this in a form of like an exclusive relationship but you kept seeing her after that we we went out i think maybe one or two more times and i think this would be another maddie loves this story um she's known as fluff girl oh no, um, <laughs> oh, no. yeah so this is the same person okay and it, it's just like two times okay like two strikes uh so she was spending the night after one of those dates and, and we're laying in bed there again and after after hooking up and she goes takes a big breath and was like ah like fluff 
fluff, fluff, fluff. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, what, what did you just say? Like, really quizzically. And she just said, I like fluff, Jack. And important context here is that earlier in the night, we'd gone on, you know, for drinks, and she talked about how much she likes the, the quote-unquote fluff of relationships, um, the pomp, the circumstance, being treated like a princess, wined and dined, etc. Um, you know, which I'm fine with in, in that setting and having a conversation about it and getting to know each other a little bit more. But, you know, in, in the bedroom, uh, it felt like a really interesting time and place to say that. And, you know, after she did say that, I, I said something along the lines of, you need to work on your pillow talk um, it, it, in, a, in a playful voice, yet getting a point across. Um, you know, I, there was a good tone about it. I'll say that. Um, it was banter, right? Yeah, it, I would say it was, thank you. Yes, it was, it was in a banter type way, but she was still very not, she was just not happy with that. Um, and I think that we did end up only seeing each other maybe once or twice uh, between that and the dog walking incident. So you really kind of knew on the first date because she was talking about how she's high maintenance. Then she showed you how she was high maintenance during pillow talk. And then you kept going out with her and she kept showing you she was high maintenance. Well, but you don't like high maintenance girls. So I'm really confused why this continued after the first date, to be honest. Well, I'd say like I picked up on it on the first. These were more like dates three and four. But yes, I still. Okay. I mean, I at that time, I, you know, at points in your life, you're just kind of willing to overlook some of that stuff. Um, and maybe there wasn't there probably there weren't any other people at the time that I was talking to or who might have like, you know, I, I might have given attention to otherwise. Um, so I totally agree with you in the sense that the, the warning signs or the red flags were there, or just the, the signs of incompatibility maybe were there. Um, but <laughs> at the same time, I, I think I was also just in a maybe a, a moment where I'm like, okay, well, I'm willing to see see past that for a little bit longer and have fun. But yeah, to be clear, like didn't didn't really last much longer than that. So, are you looking for a relationship, or are you just like riding with it, the wind? I am. Um, I I think the way I've approached it is I don't go into a first or second date putting pressure on is this person going to be you know a girlfriend or is this person going to be a future spouse um i typically take it one two three dates at a time and see how it progresses a little bit naturally um with the with the hope that um that it go somewhere I know that I've said, yeah, like over the course of being here, I've been mostly single. I've had one relationship in in there, but I don't think it's for necessarily like lack of wanting it. There's been, I can think of two or three people 
off the top of my head where I was really interested or we had great dates and I was super excited. And I'd even like, you know, you tell your friends about them, like, oh, I had such a great time with XYZ. Can't wait to get to know them more. Um, but sometimes you're victim to timing or there's someone else in their life or there's an ex or just myriad of circumstances that might get in the way of allowing that to, to take hold. Um, I would say like, over the summer, there was someone that I, I met through a friend. I was at a house party, and we headed off, and we had went on a, a for like we had a great time that night. Like not a date, just out with friends. Went out on a date, had what I thought was a great time, and I was like super excited about this person, and I was already like chatting with friends about oh well, I met this girl, decided to see where I might go, and then I kind of like got the I think we're kind of um we're not a perfect match or something along those lines that that type of tech so I, I've been on the receiving end of that too where you know maybe I felt like it could have gone places and it and it didn't so I'm sorry that's never fun no it's it's okay like it I think it's I just kind of chalk it up to that's just how it is in this like I probably like it's probably been that way for people that I've been dating and they've done the same like vice versa um i like to think of it as it's just really hard to line up some like you could have all the right ingredients for personalities and you click with this person but if the timing is wrong like there's been people who like were moving away or um circumstances like major life circumstances change um of course it's a bummer but i I tend to just i've tried to take it as it comes and understanding that it's very hard for all the for all the stars to align at once and then even when you may be in the same place and it's a good match like is someone emotionally available yeah and like, are you both in the same place where like, okay, it feels like a tale as old as time too, where you meet someone and they're, they're fresh off a breakup or something and yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe they're not ready to commit. Right. Yeah. Like, I think we're all, we yeah. all can kind of relate to that. Well, and the reason I'm asking you all these questions and like, uh, maybe giving you a little bit of a hard time is because I feel like there's been times where like, there's a guy like similar to you looking for a relationship they meet a girl and they're like, I kind of like her, but I don't see this going anywhere. And then they keep hanging out with her. And then maybe eventually, you know, you tell her, which I hope you tell her and don't ghost. You seem like a non-ghoster to me, but you tell her like, I don't think this is going anywhere. But then in their head, they like, you've been hanging out with them for like, however many five, six dates, they think it's going somewhere it's been convenience for the other person. And this isn't, this isn't just men. I know women probably do this too. And then like, that's where there's like that whole, Maddie, I'm sure you've seen this floating around like, oh, I was dating him. I thought it was going fine. And then he has a girlfriend or she has a boyfriend in two weeks. So, and then you never know, like, were they looking for something? Was I convenient? So there's always like that stereotypes. That's why I was like, what do you want, Jack? Like, What are you looking for? As an objective party, I will say, Jack, you're very good at communicating. Eventually, like, it's just not going to work. Like, compared to, I mean, men that I've dated, where you're like, poof, <laughs> what is going on here? 
or like just ghost. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Well, thank you. I, and I know because I tell you basically every experience that I've had. I mean, like there's another person that I think about who we went on five or six dates, and I remember talking to you, Maddie, about okay, well, this I think I'm going to see maybe one more through and then have a conversation or send a text. Um, because it get, it kind of does get to that point of like, are we, aren't we? And where you feel like there should be some type of communication around that, uh, about like expectations. So you can't also like let the other person's yeah. mind run wild of like, what are they thinking? Like, what are, what are like, where do I see this going? Cause you know, five or six dates is a decent amount of time. And like I was saying, even after that first date with that one person who I felt a real strong connection with, I was already kind of looking forward to what's next. So I totally identify with what you were saying about, oh, I thought we were dating and then they have a boyfriend or girlfriend. So I think it just is, it's hard to have those conversations, but it's necessary. And it's also at the same time, you're like trying to thread a needle, right? Like, one or two dates, like it's still so early, three or four, you get to know each other and yeah, sussing it out. Five, six, you're like, okay, we like each other enough to see each other this long. And presumably, like, we're prioritizing them over other potential matches or first dates. But you also don't want to come across as like, you're kind of being in like offering an ultimatum or like backing someone into a corner and you know a mature person won't do that they would approach it in a way of like i think you know i like you i want to have a conversation about like where this might go um but i do think that there's there just still tends to be some hesitation there like when is the right and it's different right like when is the right time to kind of broach that yeah. And I, and I think to your point, um, and I appreciate this from you as well. Like I think sometimes, especially in today's dating society, people are so quick to at the first sign of something they don't like brush someone off for, like versus like giving it like a second date or something and being like, oh, maybe that was like, sometimes it could actually be a sign like the high, high maintenance situation, like maybe a sign, but like in other situations, it's like, oh, they had this like tick that I didn't really like, but maybe it's something I can get over or maybe it was just like a one-time thing because they were nervous and sometimes people write others off because of one like mistake and I feel like it's just because we have all this choice now like with dating apps and things and you kind of do have to give them a chance but then yeah it gets kind of tricky of like how long yeah I don't want to give Maddie a second to offer her perspective too but I, I really like that point um, resonates with me just about like how much time do you give in the sense of like seeing things through versus like you might have seen one or two quote unquote flags and to your point maybe they just said something funny and you want to give them the benefit of the doubt and it's like where is that point where you're no longer giving the benefit of the doubt and like you're kind of seeing them for who they are and how much more do you need to see before it feels like it's unfair to them for their time and maybe you know frankly for your own time so yeah it's just tough i know maddie i feel like you might have had some experiences with this <laughs> for sure 
with letting <laughs> things go on too long or ignoring red flags. <laughs> um, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, that's a, I don't know. Okay. We can, yeah, we can talk about <laughs> this spring. Um, yeah, there were a lot of red flags, I would say, in my last relationship. And like, here's the deal is uh, like the world is reopening so far as I'm concerned, like San Francisco is just reopening. I had like told my closest friend, girlfriend, I was like, yeah, we're like going into the summer. It's going to be our like feral girl summer. We're not like dating anyone. We like agreed we're not dating anyone. And then just like very quickly, um, I met someone out and I don't know if it was just like lack of dating or like meeting real people in the real world for the the previous two years because of covid but like looking back i mean it was 100 percent just like love bombing and this particular person like fits every every trait for just like narcissistic personality disorder and like i thought it was just like a reference like fun irreverent thing i was like this person's like a little not what i would typically go for like a little crazy but you know i'm trying to not be serious right now so like let's see where this goes and then that coupled with i think the fact like covid not really like having a lot of successful dating like opportunities during covid it quickly turned into this relationship that then very quickly turned like toxic um and i do think like i'll take responsibility for my part i think there was a lot of like ignoring of of red flags on my part and just like very toxic behavior that i definitely overlooked so yeah it was an interesting time to be sure um to go through that i mean like i think hopefully not everyone has that type of experience dating um but at least like i can you know point out those behaviors that are potentially problematic now for friends though i don't think the experience itself was particularly easy to go through um so yeah i think like going forward in relationships is just a matter of like that negotiation between like is this actually a red flag or like am i just being too picky like where is that balance i do think and like jack i know you've had a ton of success in the dating apps i do think like not having the or like not immediately jumping to like oh i have like so many other choices available at like swipe of my thumb um is helpful in like maybe identifying what is you know negotiable versus non-negotiable in relationships but i just think your judgment is so clouded in yeah. so many ways it's like yeah i can i'm like i'm bored so i'm like swiping <laughs> yeah. and you're like don't i have other ways that i could be spending my time and you can like get a better feel for people in person too which i like yeah i think it's easier maybe to like suss out incompatibility earlier Yes, I agree. But what were, if you feel comfortable sharing, like some of the narcissistic traits to look out for, I guess? So unfortunately, having gone through this experience, I spent a lot of time, like just trying to rationalize what was happening in my relationship. So unfortunately, I spent a lot of time like researching on the internet. And like, typically, it's like a cyclical thing, right? So it starts out with like, you meet someone and like the narcissists basically like they have this idealized version of themselves and so when they're looking for a partner they also like immediately kind of idealize their partner or like potential partner but then they continuously do that because like 
people have flaws. And so this idealistic view of the person that they're like pursuing romantically eventually will kind of like the facade cracks and they like realize they're human and then they like go through some like really problematic behavior, but they're always looking for like, what is that next ideal human? Um, so typically it like starts with like really intense love bombing and just like idealizing the person. So it's like a lot of just like showering with compliments and like, I know that I'm awesome, but like even even knowing that, I think this particular person, it was just like above and beyond kind of what I think I was deserving of. Like just like it didn't seem genuine, is what I'm trying to say. Um, and then typically like after a period of time when they like realize you are human, then they go through this like devaluation phase where it's like you can do no right. And so I think that was like the most confusing part for me. So like some examples of this, like one morning we were like, I wake up very early and not all of my romantic interests do that. And so I woke up and he was still asleep. And so I was just like reading a book. And when he woke up, he was like, how could you not wake me up? He was like, don't you know how much I like spending time with you? I can't believe you would just like let me sleep through that while you were awake and like read and not wake me up. And I was like, this is, this is like insane behavior. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm sorry, I didn't wake you up while you were sleeping to like spend time with me. And I instead chose to like, let you sleep and, you know, entertain myself. During this phase, he also said some like crazy shit. Like he was like, yeah, we shouldn't have kids because our kids, like they, they wouldn't get their looks from me and they wouldn't get their brains from you. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So is he calling himself stupid and you like unattractive? No, he was calling himself unattractive and me stupid. Oh, what the fuck? Which is just like, I was like, okay. And then the other, like, so this man is Italian. And so some of it was like, just hard to discern what is cultural versus like, what is real problematic behavior. And so we would go out and I, I legitimately felt like I was just an accessory uh. because he would insist that we would go out. And then the entire time we would be out, he wouldn't speak to me. He would be off talking to other women. And then I'd be like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> he didn't talk to me the entire night. And he'd be like, well, I'm Italian and I like talking to the ladies. And that was just like. Dude, the, I'm like, no, I hate when the foreign guys, like I met a French guy once and he was like trying to run around the bar and he was like, I'm French. I am free. And I was like, not if you want to come home with me. Like, screw that. Right. Yeah, it's just like crazy. And all of this is like meant obviously not to make me feel good about myself. I'm Italian. And so, God. yeah, this went on for like, yeah, I like the ladies. And I was like, I don't, like, I know that they have this reputation, but like, I don't know. There's a line here. And it was just like, especially confusing because I was like, you were the one who wanted to be in a relationship with me. Like, he was the one who pushed it in like that prior stage where he was like let's be like let's date let's be exclusive and I was like I don't know I like talked about having kind of a fun summer with my friend this is really was the one I had planned for myself and he was like well don't you want to date me like and just kept pushing it and so then to have this like flip very quickly where it was like we're dating but you don't really want to spend that much time with me or you're like you're making me feel really bad about who I am it was just this like very jarring experience and I will say, like, I'm lucky in that I think I have a lot of, like, self-confidence to begin with, but I also have people in my life to be like, this is not okay behavior. 
and like kind of call it out and like one in particular she was just like you're not yourself right now like you don't you've completely changed you like are normally very energetic you have no energy this person has completely drained you like something needs to change here because this is like not healthy for you and so typically that the third stage if we're going to get scientific the third stage is like a discarding stage where basically like the person is always looking for the next best thing and basically they'll keep someone around until they've found someone else. And even while they're looking, while they're looking for other people, they're like degrading the person that they're with. Once they find another person, they basically just like very abruptly cut it off. Um, this particular person, like we didn't even get there because I had people and kind of like knew that this is not normal behavior or like acceptable behavior is probably a better word. Um, and so I ended up like ending it because I just didn't want to continue on. And I feel like, because I know you and I were talking also throughout this whole thing and you were constantly like, like you kind of knew to your point, you're like, I feel like this is just not, but it was like one of those like push pull, like I kind of like, like I like him enough, but I don't know. But then you were like backed into a corner basically. Yeah, like in the beginning, it was really fun. It was like. We got it. We have like a, a lot of the same interests. We like, I don't know, like like to go out and like have fun together. Um, but then very quickly it just like all kind of crumbled and became not fun. Like in a matter of uh, like I think a turning point was my birthday where I like we went to Tov for my birthday and I invited to come, him to come on this trip. And it was um another example of just like complete gaslighting. Um I went to pick up our friends at the Reno airport, which is like an hour drive, an hour each way. And I was like, do you want to, I had asked him, I was like, do you want to come with me to go pick up my friends? And he was like, no, I think I'll stay at the house. And then like the Sunday that we were driving back that weekend, he was like, you ignored me the entire weekend and like just freaked out. Um, so like it all flipped very quickly. Um, and I think part of it was like again just like for him he realized that i wasn't this like completely perfect person because i'm not and so then his behavior towards me changed really quickly well i'm glad you got out of that situation and i hope that that was a one-off and not the norm up there (laughs) i mean i do think that there's like there's a lot of people that have these like inflated sense of Maybe self-work, or I don't know, like the, especially in tech, it's like kind of like praise for being like, I don't know, the smartest or whatever. And so it maybe either attracts people that have some of those traits that like have an overinflated sense of importance or something. Cause I, I don't think it's, I've heard oh. it's not a one-off for me. It's been a one-off, which wow. is a blessing, but I, I've heard that there are many other men in this city that are act similarly i'm sorry (laughs) sorry for you yeah that's terrible that's brutal hey i survived it i mean it was and like the stories now are funny it was just like i get anytime there was like gaslighting you're like am i like like with the you didn't wake me up and i like spending time with i was like should I have woken him up? Like, am I a terrible person for not like for prioritizing me like reading, you know, like all of that in the moment, you just kind of question it. And that's the intention. That's like how they want you to feel. So 
at least now you know the signs so like if there are a lot of people like that you will hopefully like pretty quickly be able to be like i'm out before it gets too deep and i think like both myself and i think everyone is now kind of primed to identify those behavior problematic behaviors so like everyone that i know um family and friends so it's yeah i think hopefully I don't encounter anyone else like that. I hope my friends don't encounter anything else like that, but I think we're well equipped to identify that now. So I know you've both been through some interesting dating experiences for better or for worse, but what's like, what's next? Like, are you like, Maddie, are you taking a a break and just hanging out? Jack, are you still chilling on the dating apps? Looking, looking for your special girl. (laughs) That was kind of cringy, but (laughs) (laughs) No, I'll roll with it. I, I did meet someone off an app about two or three weeks ago, and we hung out six, seven oh. times, kind of hitting that that threshold period or you know that, that period that I, I talked about. And I am, uh, you know, I, I was talking to Maddie the other night, like I'm seeing them on, I'm seeing them tomorrow, and that uh, I am at a point where I'm like ready to have that conversation of. You know what does this look like what are what how are you feeling and just kind of put it out in the open um because that is something that i'm open to doing and at that point yeah like ready to get off the apps um if we come to the same conclusion there so again i think it it comes back to that i've always kind of been ready to do it it's more of like has the timing been right has the person like have we had been on the same wavelength and I feel like it, this has been a nice slow burn where it hasn't been necessarily like again looking to the next date as in this is a milestone for whether will we or won't we but um, just gradually getting to know this person a little bit more um, I feel like we're we're kind of at that inflection point of whether we can or we're at that inflection point of having that conversation and, and discussing it further. So, I, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to hearing their thoughts um, at some point. You know, I am looking for that special girl, as you said. <laughs> Maybe they'll be it. We'll see. Honestly, it's been like refreshing hearing that perspective um, because you don't get a lot of that in uh, down here, at least. Well, it sounds it sounds like up there either, but. <laughs> In most places, it's hard. <laughs> hard for us women. <laughs> sure. Yeah. As you might imagine, coming out of that experience this spring, I definitely like, just needed to take some time to kind of reevaluate. I still think that I'm there. Like, I don't really feel necessarily super ready to jump into something else. I'm open to it, but I just like, I'm not really actively kind of pursuing it. Like, didn't get back on the apps. Like, going out and i'm happy to talk to people and i've gone on some dates but like if it happens awesome i just think i'm a little bit more discerning now um just having gone through that experience so we'll see what happens 2023 is not that far away new year new you fresh start yeah i mean i feel like (laughs) even so just having having done so many app dates um I think that's a good word, discerning, where you go through, the, whether it's having uh, like a relationship stint like that or having just 
done the numbers and going on dates, like you get more discerning as like, okay, well, is this, can I see this going somewhere with this person or like, oh, this to me is a problematic personality trait or characteristic. Um, and thus you feel more confident in maybe cutting it off or like even leaving the date um, if you're disrespected or whatever. And I feel like, um, you know, having those experiences is, is super helpful. Yeah. You know, you kind of got to like ref reframe a negative into a positive where you can. Um, of course, like you'd rather not have that experience than, than go through it, but it does help in some sense of exposure and like resilience um, and just kind of getting yourself that uh, experience to be able to to be better equipped to, to handle those situations in the future. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of like lowered the stakes too on dating, right? Like during COVID, I think it was like, a. am a very social person in general, but like a lot of my friends had moved away during COVID. And so it was like dating was almost a way that I socialized with people. And so I feel like the stakes were artificially high. And I think that experience, like, like very negative experience dating a narcissist was helpful and it completely deflated the importance of dating and it was just a reminder of like i'm good on my own which i think i knew prior to kind of like starting that relationship and that was what i was looking for this summer but didn't end up getting so yeah it's helpful like there's no there's no negative experience necessarily it's all learnings yeah they always say to go on a lot of dates just to figure out what you like and what you don't like it's just finding the time and energy for it <laughs> with everything else in our lives. <laughs> totally. Totally. All right. Well, thank you, Jack and Maddie, for joining me. Um, I think everyone learned a lot about San Francisco, the scene, and I think it was awesome to hear both of your different perspectives. Um, I feel like you had very different experiences there. So it was really great talking to you both. Yeah, Maddie, I hope you have a little bit more of my luck <laughs> moving forward. Um, and no, I don't, you know, I, like, I mean that in a very, like, playful way, but also seriously, like, just been fortunate to not have had, um, even just like the one or one dates, uh, one off dates or two dates, um, where it's just like, okay, well, that was fine enough interaction, but there's nothing more really there and just having it being able to do that in a way that doesn't just kind of like suck the life out of you. Totally. I appreciate yeah. that. I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you both. Thanks. Thanks.